Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Mona, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Lots to discuss. Arsenal played two important fixtures, but first we took on a high flag. I wouldn't say high flag, but the Chelsea that, you know, are close to the top of the table, and it was never going to be an easy game. I mean, we thought we weren't going to get... We lost before the game even kicked off. I mean, pre-match, I, I mean, I was trying to be kind of positive. I mean, I don't think I really spoke to you much about it, you know, pre-game, but, uh, you know, but for us doing the podcast. But I mean, deep down, I felt, you know, when you think of, or you take the context of, of our form so far, I was thinking, uh, you can't look, you know, be, uh, you can't get like, a better result than say one-one uh, or two-two draw. Yeah, I, I thought also a draw would be the best best case scenario, um, but you know, Arsenal rang the changes, um, some surprises in the starting lineup as well. I think that both of us didn't probably think would um, be happening. I mean, of course, Gabriel ended up, I think, within uh, 48 hours, I think, of the, the game. He took ill with, uh, you know, the COVID-19 symptoms. And then, of course, uh, William and David Luiz, they were taken ill, like, nothing COVID-related. But, you know, they just were under the weather. And they were then, of course, out of the squad. And now, of course, in came uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. And um, I think Martinelli then also managed to, you know, call this place in the squad. Like as it was spearing the the forward line, and I mean we ended up with a back four of Bellerin uh, holding, Marie and Tierney, and now our holding midfielders were Elneny and Jaka, with you know Saka playing out right, which is normally you know Pepe's zone or Williams. What was your thought of the squad? Well, seeing Marie in the start, Marie in the starting lineup was a good good thing for me. Um, I know a lot of people aren't talking much about him, but. You know, what you said, you just see that bit of calmness in his game. Um, he's very composed in the ball. I think uh, he, he probably brings out the best in his partners. I mean, we, we saw it with David Luiz that played next to him at the stage before, you know, the lockdown happened. And, yeah, I was pleased to see him there in Neil Smith Row. I wasn't too, you know, at the time thinking, um, isn't there someone else you could slot in there? But, yeah, other than that, I was quite pleased to see William and Louise not in the team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, like, for me, with, with regards to uh, Marie, um, you know, sometimes we think, um, you know, something like Gabriel, you know, he's also one of our, our best defenders. But sometimes he has this, this, I wouldn't say too rash, but I think he gets over-eager and almost like he ends up guessing himself. And I think somebody where you now mentioned where, where Marie almost, like, brings out the best in whoever his partner is, that kind of almost like plays into also what we eventually would want, you know, Gabriel and him to partner the, each other in, in uh, central defence. But I mean, I just hope it, it would be like that for the future because um, at times I don't know about holding, you know, sometimes he, he also blows hot and cold. So I, that's, I don't really regard him as, say, my first choice. Same with, with uh, David Luiz. I also don't see him as, you know, my first choice, maybe with regards to seniority, but... And that I, I mean, I would almost like try to build a sort of defense around those type of guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. At the, they are the future of the club, and I think they should start working on the combinations together for the various um, um, competitions, and just take it from there. Because I think it's, it's pointless. You kind of, you know, making Louise your number one defender. 
Yeah. When he could be out the door at the end of the season. Yeah. And I mean, of course, right, with regards to the game, right off the bat, Arsenal on the front for the first time in a while where they should look positive going forward. They were also moving the ball faster. And I mean, for me, it was actually a joy to watch because, you know, normally a person feels so anxious when you start watching them. But I mean, they, they, they were almost like they were making themselves to second guess themselves at times because, you know, at first, whenever I watched, say, some Chelsea games, Reese James always looked you know, confident in what he's doing. He's allowed to, you know, do that overlapping runs. And he kind of like Trent Alexander-Arnold, he, he can also cause to have a, for a full 90 minutes. But I don't know, maybe it was like a, a game plan from the get-go for, for Arteta. But I mean, Tierney and Martinelli were causing him all sorts of problems. I mean, at times he also didn't know whether to stick or twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and I think that that was an excellent flow in Arsenal's game plan. And, and kind of nullified that threat on their side a lot. And I think um, Saka playing on, on Ballerin's side almost kind of helped Ballerin to an extent and allowed Ballerin to play almost like the type of Ballerin we've been seeing over the over the years. I mean, for me, it was almost like a breath of fresh air watching Saka. You know, almost like the things that you were now always willing Pepe to do. He was doing it like, you know, almost like it was second nature to him. I mean... He was, you know, going outside at times. He was, you know, like at times dragging himself into midfield, almost like bringing the the fullback with him, you know, to tail him. And uh, and then of course he was, you know, doing that that, that almost like lung busting runs past the the, the last line of, of the Chelsea defense. And I mean, for me, that's why it was fantastic and exciting to watch. I think if if Arsenal can can get Saka, you know, to like 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 I did with Sterling to try and. Um... Get him more, I'm going to say, um, dangerous in front of goal, yeah. more lethal in front of goal. You know, you could have a, a dangerous play on your hand, just like I did with Sterling. So, you know, big ups to Saka. You showed basically how it should be done on, on playing on the wing. And like you said, you know, Chelsea was suffering on that side. Yeah. And of course, ninth minute, Chelsea, and of course, start waking up. They start posing more and more of a threat because, you know, with Arsenal slick, fast passing. They told that go also toe to toe to get some sort of reaction. But I mean, look, Timo Werner seemed always like a few feet slower than the rest of the Chelsea team. And I mean, you could see it's also like working up on, on Frank Lampard. And of course, Xhaka then gave away a free kick in the 11th minute, takes out Pulisic. Uh, with the ensuing free kick, Mason Mount clips the ball around the, the wall. And I mean, I really thought it was going in because I mean, the, the, the angle of the, like, the television screen—it looks like it was like just about sneaking in. Only to realize and later on, it, it actually just smacked the outside of the post. Yeah, I think Chelsea started growing into the game, and for for me personally, I, I thought that Arsenal were at that stage now. Where, you know, we we normally get sucker punched in the first half, and the wind gets knocked out of your sails. And then twentieth minute, El Nini, of course. You know, Dally's a bit too much on the ball. I don't know what has become of him the last few matches. Because, you know, that sort of form that, that you and I have been always on about all the time, about that, that the way, you know, the way he was playing against Man United at Old Trafford. Now he's like, you know, gone back to that, that El Nini where you actually want him again out by the, the, the next transfer window. Because all he was doing was like, you know, every time he was getting the ball, you know, you want him to take that, you know, almost like a first touch or maybe second touch, touch at most and, you know, play the ball, but, you know, keep the momentum going forward and he kept on turning himself into trouble and, I mean, he ends up getting 
robbed by Timo Werner. He then ends up firing a shot, but I mean, Rob Holding is quick to react and ends up blocking the shot. Yeah, big up to Rob Holding as well this game. You know, we've been criticizing him a lot, but it really seemed like he was um, do, doing his best, getting his body on the line, and he seemed a bit, like I said, you know, more composed than what we've seen before of a guy who's like, look at his ice skating sometimes and he's playing at the back trying to get his feet sorted to clear the ball. Yeah. Then, of course, Emil Smith-Rowe ends up failing to connect with the Bellin because, but I think in that moment, it almost like everything got, almost like the, the everything built up too quickly, you know, with a build up to the pass. And it was like he was kind of caught on his heels, so he didn't really have time to react to adjust his body to have a proper goal. But that being said, Arsenal, you know, still keeping up the pressure, which was, you know, great because, I mean, we've always just seen Arsenal almost like playing into the hands of the opponent. And this time, we were actually giving it as good as we were getting. Uh, 33rd minute, Tierney then skins Reese James, gets inside the box, and as he pa- passes uh, Reese James, a slight clip against the ankle and then a knee against the thigh and goes down. Penalty Arsenal. Yeah, look, very debatable whether it was a penalty or not, but uh, you know, uh, I'm on the fence with this one. I mean, the ref saw it, the ref gave it, and you know, he stuck to his decision. I think, was it Andre Mariner was this ref? Or is it? Oh, uh, because he made a good decision against Liverpool the previous week or the week before. We also, you know, he made a decision and he went to go look at VAR. And, you know, he's, even though it could have been a penalty, he stuck with his decision to give no penalty and the vice versa happened here. So, for me, you know, penalty. Yeah. So, like I said, steps up, sends Mondi the wrong way. 1-0 Arsenal. First penalty... Well, actually, first league goal versus Chelsea since Gilberto in May 2007. Oh, my goodness. That's an impressive stat. Eh? Impressive stat. I remember that game, that 1-1 game. But I I didn't recall that at all that it was so long ago. It just shows how little penalties we get, actually. So, 44th minute, uh, Kante gives away a free kick, uh, clipping uh, Saka. I mean... It was also quite light, the contact, but I mean, it, it was a foul intent was there to block him from, you know, really coming inside. Because, I mean, I think Kante also knew there's already only strong foot that he's coming in on. So, you know, leading up now with the two guys, I think Arsenal did try to take a quick free kick. The ref called them up on it and that to be retaken. So this time, Lacazette and Jaka are standing over the free kick. So what's, what's your thoughts playing over in your head? I'm thinking, I hope Saka takes it and Xhaka just stays away from the ball because I know it could end up in a stand or against the wall and I would be shouting at Xhaka. I'm still telling them, yeah, though, man. I'm still saying, look, Xhaka, just don't, please. Just hit it into the danger zone, you know, between penalty area and six-yard box. And that's about it. And as he steps up, he takes it. And I'm seeing that Mondi is already struggling along his goal line, and I just see the ball in the back of the net and I'm going crazy, you know. Yeah, I, at that point, I was still very much calm. I just sat there, <laughs> lifeless, because uh, uh, I'm just waiting for something bad to happen. So yeah. it was very tricky for me to celebrate just yet. I don't know, maybe it was just an adrenaline rush, because I mean, even my family were also kind of surprised, because I mean, I was normally like a, a dead fish prior to most of, you know, goals. And because I'm like, you knew 
a screw up was coming down the line. You know, it was like this again one of those Arsenal tricks that they're playing on a person. You know, you're just really getting it and behind him and start running the boys, and then you get the screw up. Yeah, it, it, it's been all too familiar for us. So I was quite grateful to go into halftime at two 0 as well. Something that we haven't done in a long time, or even the season. If I'm not mistaken, in the Premier League. And in second half, Chelsea, you know, with more intent this time, they bring on Jorginho and Hudson Odoi, you know, trying to really press home whatever they could not get out of the game. But, I mean, you could see 46 minutes onwards, Chelsea, you know, really came out fighting. And I think Arsenal were then, of course, going to that sort of ploy, you know, the, the way we've been tricked the last month and a half, or those months, you know, we leading Chelsea almost like into the full sense of security, almost like, you know, you guys come out at us. And I mean, for me, it was like watching Arsenal from end of last season because more Chelsea came out, the more spaces you started seeing all, you know, scattered the ball. Got, I mean, Arsenal also, you know, give props to the lads and to Arteta. You know, the ball, they just kept on, you know, going through the channels, you know, between. And and, and I mean, this is also a big up to, to someone like, like uh, Emil Smith-Rowe because that is what we have been missing because the sort of, you know, you would see him between, uh, you know, almost like the connecting guy between defence and midfield. And you also saw him as a connecting guy between midfield and attack. And I mean, for me, it was difficult for Chelsea even to, to pick up on that. Like, you know, who's going to go after him? And if you do, uh, you know, go after him, then there's people like Xhaka and Aldini that have even more space and time to, you know, pick out where they want to play the ball. Yeah, and... and... Uh, I started wondering, is Arsenal playing that good or is Chelsea playing that bad? Because, you know, you ask yourself where the heck was this Arsenal this in the whole season? It just shows what, what what selection differences can make. Yeah. So, 56 minutes, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe plays a fantastic little ball to Saka. He ends up just going on this free run. Everybody's kind of backing off him. And by the time they really start closing in on him, he does this bizarre cross-come shot. And I mean, I thought to myself, oh, pretty, you know, nice try. And then the minute I see Mondi glancing over his shoulder and seeing the ball in the net, I'm like, what? It's in. And I mean, everybody was surprised. I mean, I don't know how you saw that. No, I, I that's when I celebrated because I was in shock. And I, I was in shock that that ball went in and clipped the post in. And I think that's when I really celebrated. I was like, oh, we're 3 up. Uh, and for me, I, I felt that unbridled joy that I haven't felt in a while. I mean, the way I found it actually hilarious, and I mean, I, I seriously hope somebody, uh, you know, the media did take a photo of it. You can actually see the grimace on his face when he eats the ball with the right foot, because you can see, like, really, you know, slice that ball or shank that ball across. And I mean, by the time that, that weird loop that was on the ball, <laughs> he ends up bending back in and hitting the post and going in. I mean, it surprised everybody, but I mean, gosh, we'll take any goal. I think that's the type of goal you score with your weaker foot. I mean, I'm sure you've scored some goals, and I have as well, where you just kind of miss hit the ball, and because of the you haven't hit it clean like you did with your strong foot, that ball does some stuff that you don't even plan on happening. So I know the lad said he meant the goal, he meant the goal but I think that was a fluke. But like you said, we take it 3-0 Arsenal. Yeah. So 61st minute, Arsenal announced on the swarm, Chelsea more and more, and you can almost like get also sense that, you know, there's even more goals in it for Arsenal if, you know, we're clinical, cl- clinical enough. Martinelli gets a ball coming in from uh, Ken Tierney. He ends up swiveling, smashing the shot. It looks kind of goal-bound, but there's not enough power. So, Mondi has enough time to, you know, recover and, you know, uh, grasp at the ball. 
So, you know, chance denied. Uh, 65th minute, Emil smith Rowling got sub. Uh, Wallach then came on to add probably now, you know, fresher legs. And also, it also kind of set you up also for, you know, Emil smith Rowling now probably being saved now for the Brighton game already. Yeah, that... that... He had a top performance and, and I really underestimated him. And like you said, you know, he, was, he had that. Not only did he run between the lines, but he was also at the back making tackles when he'd be yeah. as well. Uh, Pepe then came on for Martinelli. I mean, I was expecting a bit more, especially kind of, you know, the stage was now set for Pepe to do something. But I mean, again, really flat performance. I mean, he did try little runs, in it, but I mean, of course, too predictable. Didn't really do much. You know, I mean, but, you know, just run in little spaces and, and try to double up with Ballerin to with defending. But, I mean, uh, uh, for me, really, his days seem numbered now with, you know, not days seem numbered at the club, but for, for uh, you know, being uh, in, a, in the first team setup, you know, the first 11 on the pitch, I think it's also going to be rare for him. And I think probably the same kind of warning also goes off to someone like William because they will now have to pull out their fingers because, else they're going to just be sitting and kicking the heels all the time on the bench. Yeah, definitely. Especially with Martinelli bombing, like I said, and Saka, you know, given that forward role. So, you have players now fighting for that role in the team. And and for me at the moment, you know, you're Martinelli and Saka, your name on the team sheet. And like I said, then Aubameyang have to fight for it. Yeah. Uh, 83rd minute, like I said, then flashed a chance after Monday, tried to lob him. And yeah. the ball. I mean, but... You know, props also to the Chelsea keeper, fantastic save because I mean that ball was going to the top corner, but I mean he managed to claw it away for a corner. From the ensuing corner, Arsenal of course uh, just about get a hit to it, but I mean Chelsea end up blocking. But as a ball, of course, comes bouncing out of the box, El Nini comes out of nowhere and he just hits one of the eighteen or twenty yard rockets and it cracks the crossbar. I mean, every all the whole Chelsea team just that stood there ball watching. Yeah, that I, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a power shot. I mean, that thing would have broken the net. It seemed you had to eat in. It was a perfect shot. I mean, just a few centimeters lower, and we would have, you know, had probably one of the biggest leads over Chelsea that we've had in a while. And also, I mean, if all the, you know, with the follow up, the rebound, Rob Holding almost for, I mean, ends up begging a goal as well because he for, forces uh, Mondi to. You know, make a, a solid save low to his left and to palm it for another corner. But you could see, like, you know, Arsenal started getting in it. was just me, but that bit of nervous jitters, as you would say, as, you know, it came to, to kind of getting across the finish line. Yeah, I think they were getting actually leggy because, look, if you think of the sort of 10-point pressure we were playing, I mean, of course, we were asking for it. We wanted that sort of wow performance. But, I mean, Chelsea ended up, you know, putting a goal back to make it 3-1 with uh, Tammy Abram chasing the ball in. And then, of course, in the 90th minute, um, Pablo Marie, it, you know, it looked almost like somebody with also fatigue because it looked like a real lazy tackle. I mean, I mean, up to then, he was playing quite well, even though he picked up a yellow card early in the first half. But, I mean, second half, he played solid. We controlled that game. But, I mean, he ended up, you know, almost like with a lazy little tackle, you know, a kick out. The Chelsea gets a penalty. Of course, Jorginho steps up, does his infamous, uh, you know, <laughs> jump spot kick. But I mean, Leno ends up reading it and saves. Fantastic save by Leno. Big, big save because that could have added some very anxious moments if we didn't, um, if we if we didn't save that. And I think that you know it summed up Leno's 
kind of season for Arsenal, kind of thing, that key figure at the moment that's just making things happen for us. Yeah, so of course Arsenal and at the end, you know, just more of a time-wasting strategy. Just bring on Mustafa to kill off time with a substitution. And I mean, Arsenal then sail through to the, the first win in, was it since the 1st of November? Yeah, that's it's been a long time since we felt that good in the Premier League. And what a result. I mean, we didn't give them a chance last week on the podcast. And I, I'm probably telling you, like I said, everybody's listening. You know, whoever we criticise, you see they're always coming out with such a good performance. But... You know, on we go to take on a Brighton side that, you know, is very, yeah, you would say, also desperate to get out of the the, the foot of the table. Uh, and to be fair to them, they haven't been the worst performing team. It's just, they just don't seem to be converting the chances. I mean, they, I mean let's face it, they have been our bogey team since they've been up in the Premier League. Because, I mean, I don't know how many games I've seen where you know, they, they've snatched victories from almost like just about defeat. And I mean, in games where you think we now wipe the floor with them, but of course not adding to our goals, and then they end up stealing or sneaking a draw. So, I mean, I've got a, a big amount of respect for, for Brighton. And I mean, uh, Graham Potter, I mean, but for, for that sort of, what you now mentioned, the, the, the biggest flaw of not, not scoring enough goals in it. I mean, that he has, uh, you know, a real fighting team going, uh, fighting spirit going on in the team because... If you think of that sort of matches that they've now pulled out under him, like, because I mean, they scored, they drew a lot of going games. Eh, if, if I'm correct. yes, I think they drew the most games at the, currently. I could be wrong, but yeah. yeah, they have thrown a lot of games. Because I mean, they've snatched like draws from what was it, Liverpool, from games where they were peppered most of the game. They end up sneaking a draw there, and and I'm sure they've they've got a couple of other scalps also. I mean, of course, draws, but they've got a couple of big scalps also under the belt. They were unlucky to lose against Man United as well, where the they blew for the final whistle, but they still managed to get the penalty. Yeah. So, um, first half was actually uh, forgettable. Not yeah, so, so true. <laughs> so, so you know, both teams were playing bland over defensive football. Um, and then he was doing my head in because, you know, this was something that, that we spoke about a few weeks back when David Luiz was crapping on him and, and Bent Leno because... They want him to, you know, drive the team forward because every time he's doing this sort of thing where, he, you know, you don't have, almost like you don't have the ball sometimes to run at teams, so you like, oh, don't trust his, his talent or his skill, so he's almost like laying off a, a, a five yard pass sideways or backwards, and I'm thinking in that time you're doing that, and especially you know those teams like um, not Wolves now, but I mean sometimes they also do it, but like Brighton and them or Burnley. They will swarm, not only you, they're going to swarm the, def- the goalkeeper you're going to play the ball to. They're going to swarm that, that whole back line of yours. So I think you just get, you know, get your team also breathing space in midfield. And I think that is where you can see <clears throat> where we're going to need not only Thomas Party eventually, but, you know, you also need a sort of creative player. I mean, of course, we have it now somewhat in, in Emil smith But I mean, I think you also need that, you know, just a little bit extra of, of an almost like another box-to-box type guy that, that can take the pressure off the team just through a bit of foot, fancy footwork and, and you know, real strong uh, control on the ball. Yeah, I think that's what we've been missing a, a, a lot in the midfield, actually. Just someone that you can depend on to just put in the foot on the ball, put on the ball, make something happen and just make almost more space in the game and seem like there's more time on the ball because right now it's always a rush to replay. And I mean, for me, another one that, that 
you know, got me somewhat annoyed was Aubameyang because he looked way off form. I really, yeah. I really thought, you know, if Arteta had planned him or penned him in for this game, he should have been given him against Charles in the last 20 minutes or something, just for him to get a real feel. Because now it's almost like he's out for what was it, almost two, two and a half weeks. And he's coming in from the cold again. And it's almost like, you know, you're supposed to just eat the ground running. And then, I mean, you can see he was somebody that also needs to warm himself up, you know, like a, a luxury cause. You need to also get that sort of motion going before you get that momentum again. But I think he looked totally out of it at times. It looked almost like he was the odd man out. The team was like carrying him for most of the game. I mean, of course, Martin Elias didn't have that sharp of a game. But I mean, for me, he was still doing a bit more than what we would now say expect from the skipper. Yeah, Bamiyang, like you said, never seemed very, very um, not himself. And it just seemed, I mean, even if you say, no, he was out in the cold for two weeks or whatever, even if you had to put him in this team two weeks ago, this team that's moving forward like this, it still seems like he, he's struggling. I don't know what's, if it's something personal or if it's something, I don't know, that is bothering because it just doesn't seem like himself. He's not smiling on the field either. Because I mean, I'm, I'm going to be straight up. I mean, for me, it's work and it's things because, you know, you really expect, I mean, of course, look at how luck is it surprises us. I mean, he's been yeah. working his backside off. And I mean, for me, this is also something where, where I mean, I, of course, Arteta knows not trying to protect the players and that from, you know, with all those games coming in the cluster. But I also think it really didn't, it wasn't worth kind of like, you know, dropping him. Because then I, I would rather than say, look, give luck is it maybe an hour. And then you give him that, that last stretch, that last 30 minutes or so, like Obama in the last 30. But I mean, for me, just to, like, you know, you know, he didn't even do much to get himself into the starting level. That is the sort of attitude and mentality that I actually don't like sometimes of certain clubs. I mean, we also guilty of it. Yeah, and I think Obama knows that. It's just, there's no pressure on him at the moment to deliver because it's not like Oteta will leave him out. I don't know if you recall, Una Emre used to, you know, leave a bumming out from time to time and then you just saw his performances pick up as well. But then you had the, 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 the relatively bigger squad, you know, you had the Ramsey's, the Lacazette still firing and Ozil was still, a, a, you know, a regular player in the team. But I guess now you kind of force his hand to play him week in, week out if Lacazette doesn't play. So the second half starts, Arsenal, of course, caught cold. Alexis uh, McAllister speeds through the middle. You know, Arsenal kind of looked uh, frozen when he not did this lung busting run. And of course, out of the blue, you see the actor Bellerin turning back the clock somewhat, and he's going full tilt, chasing the guy down. And he, you know, he starts veering him away from the goal. And in, in that, just veering him away from the goal allows Arsenal just to start swarming back in defense. And I mean, they end up, you know, uh, snuffing. Snuffing the, the attack out and also robbing him of the ball. Yeah, that's that, that is a good. Uh, to be honest, I I thought something bad was going to happen that moment. I thought maybe um the ball is going to be smashed into the net or something like that. But you know, kudos to Pelerin for for tracking back in that moment. Yeah, and then from the swimming corner, Brighton then throw bodies at the ball, and I mean Leno ends up you know just making a good save from uh, Lewis Dunk. Yeah, they were always going to be a problem for us in set pieces. But for me, I don't know how I use it, but Pablo Marie, every time he seems so confident editing the ball away. And, you know, he's made a massive difference in our set pieces as well. And I mean, he's also becoming my, my favorite player. I mean, of course, as I said, 
I don't think he's really going to be pinned in as uh, you know like the, the like a first team guy because I think if Arsenal could get you know a deal for a, a centre back or whatever, they would probably because uh, you know bring in an addition because look with Callum Chambers looking like he's also on the way out because I think they're actually looking for a move in January for him like a loan move, and then look Mustafi is on the you know one foot already out of the club. Socrates also, you know, already scratched on the old squad and David Luiz in his final year as well. So, so I mean, I, I just hope he can also stake a claim to that spot, you know, which will be an available spot. I think they should try Gabriel and him out, you know, with Gabriel's back from COVID. Just, mm-hmm. to, just to have that, um, diff- that combination and maybe that can be a combination or trio, trio of Rob Holding, um, Gabriel and Marie. And you can alternate the two, the two of them depending on, you know, form and who performs best. But, you know, right now you can't actually dump Marie and, and, and holding it at the team because so, they've been doing well. So, 50th minute, Martinelli then sends Saka on a free run down, you know, down the flank. A great pass by Saka, you know, first-time pass. Feeds Aubameyang, who, of course, you know, tries to make instinctive instant finish. But ends up just smashing the ball against the keeper's legs. I mean, it was a good save, but I mean, I was just thinking later on, like you know, within that that whole sequence. I mean, look, we've been been so spoiled with having Thierry Henry, and I'm thinking if that ball is not coming to somebody like Henry, you know for a fact he's gonna open his foot and not just smash the you know through it like that because the the whole you know far post was you know gaping for for a, a decent finish like you know more finesse finish, but I mean Obama in the up going for the power, and I mean, of course, got uh, you know failed with the team. Yeah, but um, I guess uh, Aubameyang of last season would have probably slotted that easily. I just think he's yeah. he's in a very bad rut at the moment, and I don't know how he gets out of the rut. Maybe he should have been playing in some of the Europa League fixtures mm-hmm. to get that form up, or now Pity's out of the Carabao Cup. But Let's see, maybe in the FA Cup we will we'll give him a, a chance to play there and just kind of, you know, get that form up because the striker form is, you know, what counts. Uh, 57 minute, uh, 52nd minute, Martinelli in, in the fires just wide after, you know, again, great build up of the Arsenal squad because everything looked fluid. It was more and more exciting. I mean, the second half almost like was night and day to the first half. Um, 66 month Lacazette then comes on for Martinelli, and then within what 21 seconds, the whole game almost like turned on its head. Saka ends up turning Dan Burns inside out, starts uh, heading to the um, Brighton box, cuts the ball back to Lacazette, who of course controls. And you know, this is something that also kids should also pick up on. Lacazette actually uses Lewis Dunk as his like like the marker, because in that that we in um, Lewis. Uh, Dunk is actually in line with the keeper, so the keeper is almost like unsighted. And by the time Lacazette fires off, bending the ball around him, the ball is already past the keeper by the time he reacts. 1 0 Arsenal. What a goal and what the impact. Uh, you could see he, he's feeling confident because the manner in which he took the finish kind of made you see this the Lacazette of, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. his first season or the, the uh, his first season under Una Emre where he was firing in the goal. So, you know, Top finish, top goal, and I think, you know, staking his claim for to be in that starting 11, I'm really pleased for him because, I mean, we've also been giving him a real tough time for the, the longest while. Yeah. 
And of course, then Saka then had to come off 81st minute because I mean, he was at the end also of some heavy, heavy Brighton tackles. Uh, Sebios then came on for him, but I mean, Sebios didn't contribute that much. Did try, you know, almost like kind of waking up at the last, you know, five, ten minutes. He actually you now started contributing a bit because it was actually frustrating watching him at times when Brighton were kind of, you know, getting some sort of head of wind like going forward. He wasn't like just jogging, and I was thinking, come on, you need to run and, you know, help your team out. Arsenal, of course, became more and more, you know, in control of the game. I mean, I really enjoyed that because I think this was also a sort of test for us. We might not have been, you know, eating bangers and, and, and going like, you know, three, four, five goals. This time it was now, you know, going old school, keeping it a 1-0 and just controlling the game to, you know, to our tempo, to the way we, you know, allow them to then have, uh, you know, possession. Yeah, and I think it's a very professional performance, as they say. It does... Uh, uh, you would like I said these two games that the performance has been almost night and day to what we've seen over this duration of the season, and you wonder, you know, is his performance is a little too late? Because when Arsenal ended up, you know, the last night, uh, the last minute, we were just like camping to the corner, yeah, you know, seeing out this one 0 win, and I mean, that's off to the lads. Yeah, it was six points in six in two games, something we haven't said probably since the start of the season, and. You know, I think it's a it's a building block, a stepping stone. Like you said, you know, you have to take it 10 rounds at a time to get to that 100. And I think these two games are good. And I think we take our West Brom at, is it at the Hawthorns. We yep. take them on. On Saturday. With so, Sam Allardyce, our, our weakness. Yeah. 19th versus 13th. Uh, you just know Sam Allardyce will throw the kitchen sink at us because even though they, they came over like a bad... A 5-0 defeat last night against Leeds. Um, we just know for a fact against us just because it's Arsenal. Because it's almost like he's even from his Bolton days, he's always had this thing in for us. So it's almost like he sets his, his stall out from the get go because he knows it's almost like the Arsenal way to, you know, pass and move. And he's gonna do whatever he can to put stumbling blocks in front of us. Yeah, uh, I agree 100 percent with that. Yeah, because I mean, I really like my take is just. Attack them from the get-go, you know, from the first whistle, because that's the way Leeds have played against them and blitzed them. Because it's not like if you almost like dilly-dally too long on the ball, that gives them a chance. And I, I don't know which team it was we had so early on in the season, where West Brom were actually also uh, frustrating, like, you know, real top teams. So like Chelsea, they were leading 3-0, and then um, Liverpool as well. You know, Liverpool couldn't seem to get to win at Anfield against them due to what you said... Yeah. They, they, they have any, a weird team to play against. A nation's team, yeah. They, yeah. Quite, if you don't, as, as I said, if you don't get that goals early, then it's like, you know, like you're going to set yourself up for them, sucker punching you big time. And they have that neck. And I mean, it's even before uh, Sam Allardyce was there, even before that, like with, with Slavin Bilic, even, they were doing that to teams where they, it was like they really get you when you least expect it. You think you. Dominating, say, 90, 95% of the game, and then out of the blue, they're just playing like with a set piece or something. Like, and it's like, you? I think our players need to be ready for a fight and to be kicked probably across the park because, you know, that's the Sam Melody's way. So now, as we're now uh, winding down the podcast, uh, you know, uh, I just have like two talking points now. Um, one is, you know, with William and Pepe now getting uh, almost like a right kick up the arse now with. with the you know the likes of, of the way uh, suckers are developing on on that side now because look everybody always just knew about Saka being 
you know, with Tierney, that sort of combination down the flanks and, and causing havoc together. And now all of a sudden, so to accommodate, you know, people like, like Martinelli now, maybe Aubameyang, now Saka's going to be used now say, as the right-hand side. So now Pepe and Williams' uh, positions come at the line, uh, in the spotlight. So how do you think that's going to... Or well, how do you think they would now react? Is it going to show their more character in, like, you know, with the likes of Pepe and William? I could be wrong, but I think maybe William might show more character. Mm. I don't know. Pepe just seems like a guy that doesn't like to fight for, you know, position. I think he, he he's a guy that likes that freedom and knows he's going to be valued and starting every week. And I think this could, for me, I don't know. I could be wrong. Could be the beginning of the end of his Arsenal career, Mike. At the moment. It doesn't look like somebody that wants to really scrap because look at that 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 um, what Alan Shearer said a few weeks back. We said, look, if you know your 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 backs are to the wall, you want to see, you know, people like your wingers coming off the line and and you know doing stuff, you know, getting themselves into the box and yeah. making sort of late runs. And all he was doing was just camping out, like Pepe now was just camping out on the touchline and not getting active in any sort of action that was happening in the game. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, I think this could be the beginning of the end for him. William, maybe, maybe not, because you've seen him with different coaches. Some liked him, some played him, some didn't. So, he he, he probably knows what it's like to fight for, for places. I'm not too sure about Pepe at the moment. And then with regards to Pablo Marie, I mean, I know we not discussed him quite a bit, but, I mean, for me, I know we still want to do the, you know, mid-season player ratings in the coming weeks. But I mean, for me, he's somebody that it's really. I mean, he's same with with uh, Martinelli. They've come from you know long, uh, quite bad injuries, and I mean they've actually brought a, a almost like a real breath of fresh air to the squad. Yeah, I I can agree one hundred percent with you right there. That it's like we're seeing a totally different Arsenal that we saw, like I said a few weeks back. So, Marie for me as composure. I think it was came yesterday where. He just nodded the ball back to the keeper in oh, the yeah. situation. Yeah, I remember that. And cool and calm. I mean, like, you're watching it, but I mean, you're not even feeling like, nervy or edgy because, I mean, you know, like Mr. Cool is everything under control. Yeah, so I just hope he can stay in the, his place and I would like to see him and Gabriel together on the field. Yeah, and with that, we draw a line with the podcast. We hope you guys have a fantastic 2021. Enjoy the New Year celebrations where you can. Stay safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Stay safe. Have a good one. Happy New Year.